welcome. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'll be reviewing the February market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I will be covering is called Where We Are. Please note that any charts or graphics referenced are available by request through our website. Let's begin. In his witty, highly popular 1599 comedy, Much Ado About Nothing, William Shakespeare 1564-1616 could have easily been referring to January's financial market ructions when Don Pedro inquires of Benedict, Why, what's the matter, that you have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm, and cloudiness? After vigorously starting off 2022 by reaching a record high of 4,796.56 at the NYSE close on January 3rd, the S&P 500 index fluctuated back and forth over the ensuing weeks, only to rally positive 2.4% on January 31st and close out the month down negative 5.3%. A similar price damage was inflicted upon the technology-heavy Nasdaq composite down negative 9.0% in January, despite rising positive 3.1% on the last day of the month. And the Russell 2000 index of small and mid-cap companies, negative 9.7% for the month as a whole, notwithstanding a positive 1.9% advance in the final trading session. These declines consistent with a positive 75% gain in Wall Street's so-called fear gauge, the Chicago Board Options Exchange Volatility Index, the CBOE VIX, which ended January at 29.9, reflect investor nervousness over 1. The content and timing of future Federal Reserve monetary policy actions. 2. Supply chain disruptions. 3. Labor market strength and tightness. 4. Widespread cases of the Omicron variant, possibly impeding a return to normalcy. 5. Slowing projected 2022 growth rates for the economy and for corporate profits. 6 the highest consumer price inflation readings in over 40 years, and seven, a almost daily news flow about increased geopolitical tensions. Reflective of declining bond prices have been the rising yield levels across the U.S. Treasury securities maturity spectrum. The DXY major currency U.S. dollar index rose positive 0.6%, spot gold prices declined negative 1.8% to $1,795 per troy ounce and West Texas intermediate crude oil prices rose positive 16.8% to $88.15 per barrel. With noticeably lengthening daylight in the Northern Hemisphere, Super Bowl parties on the month's second Sunday, the celebration of Valentine's Day at mid-month, and the observation of Black History Month, President's Day, and often, but not always, Carnival and Mardi Gras. February has quite a bit to offer. The American poet journalist and renowned editor, of the New York Evening Post newspaper, William Cullen Bryant, 1794-1878, expressed a certain fondness for the shortest month. The February sunshine steeps your boughs, tints the buds, and swells the leaves within. Would that it were so for the S&P 500 index? On average, over the 93 years from 1928 through 2021 February, with its negative 0.1% average price return for the S&P 500, is tied with May, also negative 0.1%, for the next worst month of the year after September's average negative 1.0% price decline. 
In preparing portfolio positioning strategies, portfolio positioning principles, and portfolio positioning tactics for 2022, we reiterate our investment strategy themes for 2022. We respectfully pay tribute to the oft-quoted observation of the 34th U.S. President and Five-Star General Dwight David Eisenhower, 1890-1969, that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. With this wisdom in mind, our 2022 investment planning approach reflects and encompasses the following themes. 1. Growing but slowing. GDP, as provided by the IMF, estimated at approximately positive 4.0%, and corporate profits, as provided by FactSet, estimated at approximately positive 10.0%. 2. Transitioning to a decidedly less stimulative monetary and fiscal policy backdrop. 3. Fluctuating financial asset prices in conditions featuring shifting performance leadership, an increased equity VIX, bond, move, and currency VXY volatility. 4. Differentiating. With emphasis on greater discernment and selectivity in asset classes, managers, sectors, and companies. 5. Challenging. In an environment of elevated valuations, the easy money has likely been made. With the recent significant upward and downward moves in individual securities prices, not a usual characteristic of bull markets. When January features a price decline of any magnitude, nearly every one of the 29 negative Januaries since 1950 has been followed by a price pullback from the January close to a price nadir reached in the ensuing 11 months, with a price change for the full year averaging negative 1.1% possibly contributing to February's average laggard performance over the past seven decades, may be spillover effects whenever January suffers a price decline of at least negative 5.0%. In the nine prior instances since 1950, when January has suffered an S&P 500 price decline of negative 5.0% or more, these episodes had an average decline of negative 6.3%, February, on average, has declined negative 1.6%, and the February through December interval, that year's final 11 months, has only managed a price gain of positive 2.7%. In January, the S&P 500 fell negative 5.3%, its largest one-month decline since the broadening pandemic-onset month of March 2020, with the Nasdaq Composite declining negative 9.0%. After rising positive 4.2% in October and declining negative 4.2% in November, the Russell 2000 Index of Small and Mid-Cap Companies rose positive 2.1% in December and then fell negative 9.7% in January. Over the course of January, West Texas intermediate crude oil prices rose positive 16.8% from $75.45 per barrel on December 31st to $88.15 per barrel on January 31st. The global oil demand side continues to reflect healthy momentum in the global economy, fuel shortages, currently low levels of inventories and spare capacity, and precautionary buying while on the supply side. One, several nations including the US, India, China, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom launched a coordinated release of circumscribed quantities of crude oil from their respective strategic petroleum reserves. 2. Iran returned to nuclear talks on November 29th, which could in theory increase the supply of Iranian oil officially entering global oil markets if economic sanctions on Iran are relaxed. 3. Facing pressure from investors to moderate growth and address their emissions amid concerns about increasing regulations, 
and climate change. Large U.S. and European oil companies continue to spend sparingly to boost production. 4. Consolidating U.S. shale producers have exercised financial probity, have not excessively increased output in reaction to higher crude prices, have followed production discipline and exerted capital spending restraint, and 5. Following the 25th OPEC and non-OPEC ministerial meeting, Via video conference on Wednesday, February 2nd, the group, which includes Saudi Arabia, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Iraq, and other countries, agreed to maintain monthly output increases at its previously agreed pace of 0.4 million barrels per day. The 26th OPEC Plus ministerial meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, March 2nd. During January, the U.S. dollar rose slightly versus the DXY index, comprised of six major currencies, the euro, Japanese yen, British pound, Canadian dollar, Swiss franc, and Swedish krona. On January 31st, the DXY index was 96.54, up positive 0.6% from its close of 95.97 on December 31st, 2021. Owing to being somewhat challenged by continued competition from higher short-term interest rates over the course of the past month, the daily spot gold price, as logged by USA Gold, closed at $1,795 per troy ounce on January 31st, down negative 1.8% from its close of $1,827.70 per troy ounce on December 31st. For two-year U.S. Treasury securities after rising 20 basis points in October, 4 basis points in November, and 21 basis points in December, yields closed on January 31st at 1.18%, where they are up 45 basis points since their closing level of 0.73% on December 31, 2021. Financial market participants have been increasingly pricing in the Federal Reserve signals of impending policy interest rate increases in 2022, with two-year U.S. Treasury yields rising. Even as they have been expressing some concerns that removing monetary accommodation too quickly might actually slow economic growth, with 10-year U.S. Treasury yields and 30-year U.S. Treasury yields rising at a less rapid rate. For 10-year U.S. Treasury securities, after rising 3 basis points in October, declining 12 basis points in November, and rising 9 basis points in December, yields closed on January 31st at 1.79%, where they are up 27 basis points since their closing level of 1.52% on December 31st, 2021. For 30-year U.S. Treasury securities, after declining 12 basis points in October, declining 15 basis points in November, and rising by 12 basis points in December, they closed on January 31st at 2.11%, where they are up 21 basis points since their closing level of 1.90% on December 31st, 2021. In assessing the outlook for U.S. equities and other financial assets for 2022, we will discuss several factors which, in our opinion, are likely to exert meaningful influence on financial asset prices and portfolio positioning in the period ahead. Now let's discuss factors likely to exert meaningful influence on financial asset prices. 1. Slower economic growth. On January 25th, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, released its updated October World Economic Outlook for 2022, lowering its prediction of global GDP from positive 4.9% to positive 4.4%. The IMF reports that global GDP grew an estimated positive 5.9% in 2021. The reduced forecast partially reflects a downgrade of China's expected 2022 GDP growth from positive 5.7% in October to positive 4.8% in January. 
with official and private data suggesting that manufacturing and services activity have downshifted due to supply chain difficulties, earlier monetary tightening, a resurgence of COVID-related restrictions, and financial stresses in the property market. For the U.S., the IMF citing the non-passage of the administration's $2.2 trillion social policy package, as well as the Federal Reserve's plans to tighten monetary policy, projects that GDP will advance positive 4.0% down from its October prediction of positive 5.2%. Over the past year, real U.S. GDP grew at an annualized rate of positive 6.3% in first quarter 2021, positive 6.7% in second quarter 2021, positive 2.3% in third quarter 2021, and, as reported in the first of three monthly estimates by the U.S. Department of Commerce, positive 6.9% in fourth quarter 2021. As of January 12th, the conference board was projecting that U.S. real GDP after declining negative 3.4% in 2020 will end up at positive 5.6% growth in 2021, followed by GDP annualized growth rates on a quarterly basis of positive 2.2% in first quarter 2022. As of February 1st, the Atlanta Federal Reserve forecasting tool called GDP Now, based on slowing early-year data, was projecting only positive 0.1% growth for first quarter 2022, positive 3.1% in second quarter 2022, positive 2.9% in third quarter 2022, and positive 2.7% in fourth quarter 2022. For 2023, the conference board currently estimates a positive 2.9% economic expansion, U.S. GDP growth for this year, and next is thus forecast to be slower than 2021, yet is still projected to perform above its approximately positive 2.0% long-term trend. In our view, whether these 2022 U.S. GDP forecasts turn out to be too high or too low will be highly dependent on the rates of household consumption and corporate capital expenditures, both of which face the bolstering influences of 1. significant balance sheet liquidity and 2. post-COVID pent-up demand and inventory building, while simultaneously facing the constraining influences of 1. still elevated inflation 2. shrinking levels of monetary and fiscal stimulus 3. lingering logistical bottlenecks, although gradually lessening and labor supply issues, 4. softening business and consumer confidence, and 5. rising mortgage and other interest rates, 2. positive yet slowing S&P 500 revenue and profit growth, according to data by FactSet, as of January 28th for fourth quarter 2021, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 24.3% and revenue growth of positive 13.9%. For full year 2021, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 45.5%, and revenue growth of positive 16.0%. For first quarter 2022, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 5.9% and revenue growth of positive 9.8%. For second quarter 2022, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 4.3% and revenue growth of positive 8.0%. And for full year 2022, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 9.5% and revenue growth of positive 7.9%. In our view, despite the revenue, profit margin, and operating earnings challenges associated with a slowing economic backdrop and higher inflation for many goods and services, S&P 500 companies may be able to exceed the current analyst estimates of positive 9.5% earnings growth for 2022. 3. Price Earnings Multiples According to a February 4th fact set analysis as of the end of January, the Ford 
12-month price-earnings ratio of the S&P 500 index was 19.7 times earnings, positive 5.9% above its five-year average of 18.6 times, and positive 18.9% above its 10-year average of 16.7 times. By the same token, at 19.7 times 12-month forward earnings, the S&P 500 forward P.E. ratio has contracted negative 7.5% from the 21.3 multiple prevailing on December 31st, due to January's negative 5.7% decline in the index even as 2022's forward S&P 500 earnings estimates had increased slightly over the month. In our view, two impeding factors among others have, in many prior economic and financial market cycles, demonstrated their ability to exert downward pressure on price earnings multiples, one, rising interest rates, and two, expectations of slowing earnings growth. And it would behoove from the old English word behovian meaning to have need of or to have use for investors to recognize that such conditions may well prevail in the year ahead. For example, if current consensus estimates of the 2022 S&P 500 earnings of $225 are correct, which may or may not come to pass, putting an 18 times multiple on such earnings would produce an S&P 500 level of 40.50, negative 7.2% below the January 31st closing level of the S&P 500 of 4364.50. A 20 multiple would produce an S&P 500 level of 4500, positive 3.1% above the January 31st close, and a 22 multiple would produce an S&P level of 49.50, positive 13.1% above the January 31st close. At this point, we think the case can be made for a multiple that may likely be in the high teens, with any price earnings valuations above this level highly dependent on the course of interest rates and S&P 500 profit margins. 4. A changed monetary policy and interest rate outlook. Speaking after the Federal Open Market Committee's two-day policy meeting on January 26th, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Hayden-Powell, one, prioritized combating inflation over supporting the economy, indicating that he expects a policy interest rate hike in March, with the pace of rate hikes to be faster than in the 2015 to 2018 rate hiking cycle. Two, reiterated that the Fed would begin shrinking its balance sheet after the interest rate cycle had begun, without providing further details as to when the balance sheet reduction would begin and how quickly it would progress, and three, did not dismiss the possibility of, one, raising the policy interest rate at consecutive FOMC meetings, two, raising the policy interest rate by amounts greater than the 25 basis point increments of recent tightening cycles, and or three, altering the pace of increases in the policy rate. Confirming that inflation, Fighting and monetary tightening are high on many major central banks' agendas. On Thursday, February 3rd, at its monetary policy session, the Bank of England raised interest rates for a second consecutive meeting, with a sizable minority of rate-setters voting for an aggressive half-percentage-point increase in policy rates. On the same day, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde acknowledged that eurozone inflation was running higher than expected and said that the ECB would assess conditions carefully and be data-dependent, reflective of a more hawkish tilt by the Fed from December 31, 2021 through Friday, February 4, the two-year U.S. Treasury yield had risen 58 basis points to 1.31%, the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield had risen 41 basis points to 1.93%, and the 30-year U.S. Treasury yield had risen 33 basis points to 2.23%. Indicative of financial market participants' concerns, 
that an overly restrictive monetary policy could slow down the economy. The spread between 10-year U.S. Treasury yields minus 2-year U.S. Treasury yields has declined from near 160 basis points in early 2021 to 90 basis points in late 2021 to 58.4 basis points on February 6th. This yield curve spread is worth a close monitoring since it has served as a reliable, although not always perfect, indicator of a looming recession when it flips to negative, with short-term treasury yields higher than intermediate and long-term treasury yields. In some ways, as a consequence of an intensification of its inflation concerns, late last year and thus far this year, the Federal Reserve has already begun to engineer a reduction in some inflationary tendencies through the effects on consumer psychology and corporate sentiment of the unfolding bond market sell-off due to rising interest rates and meaningful declines in substantial segments of the equities realm. And equities prices can, but do not always, rise following the onset of increases in the Federal Reserve's target monetary policy rate. In examining the aftermath of the eight most recent monetary policy rate increases, the S&P 500's performance has averaged positive 2.7% over the next three months, with a positive price performance in 50% of the episodes and a price outcome range of negative 7.6% to positive 19.1%, positive 7.5% over the next six months, with a positive price performance in 75% of the episodes and a price outcome range of negative 2.5% to positive 20.9%, and positive 10.8% over the next 12 months, with a positive price performance in 100% of the episodes and a price outcome range of positive 1.5% to positive 39.6%. 5. Surprisingly strong employment data. On Friday, February 4th, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS, reported that the U.S. economy added a seasonally adjusted positive 467,000 jobs in January, significantly exceeding economists' consensus expectations of a gain of positive 150,000 jobs. Moreover, November's and December's originally reported employment figures were significantly revised upward by combined total of positive 709,000 jobs. The U3 unemployment rate rose to 4.0% from 3.9% in December, and the U6 underemployment rate rose to 7.9% from 7.2% in December. Among the factors accounting for the much larger than expected jobs gains were one, the largest ever January seasonal adjustment, two, sundry COVID-related modifications, and three, significant corrections to data for the past 10 years as part of the BLS's annual population estimates revisions. The labor force participation rate, which represents a share of U.S. population working or seeking a job, rose to 62.2% in January, the highest since the onset of the pandemic. A total of 3.6 million Americans were employed but absent from work due to illness in January compared to 2 million in January 2021 and 1.1 million in January 2020. In our opinion, the combination of low unemployment, the fact that more than 19 million of the 22 million jobs lost in the early weeks of the pandemic have been regained, and strong wage growth should, one, continue upward pressure on unemployment costs, adding to inflationary forces, with wages up positive 5.7% in January versus a year earlier, compared to prior years' pre-pandemic average annual wage growth in the neighborhood of positive 3.0% and 2 allow the Federal Reserve considerably more latitude than anticipated to tighten monetary policy with the aim of bringing down inflation rates that have recently reached their highest level in nearly four decades. 6. An Unusual Financial Market Zeitgeist 
Since the beginning of 2022 and continuing into early February, signs of investor jitters, reflecting a heightened degree of uncertainty, have been reflected in one significant intraday turbulence with the S&P 500, the Nasdaq Composite, and other market indices, and individual stock prices fluctuating by several percentage points or more. To cite one example, on Monday, January 24th, after an intensive opening sell-off, the Nasdaq Composite fell negative 4.9% and later suddenly rallied to finish the day up positive 0.6%. Two, a meaningful reckoning that appears to be underway for highly levered and or excessively valued companies, particularly initial public offerings and listings achieved through special purpose acquisition companies, SPACs, of unproven businesses and companies whose shares were driven to extreme valuations by meme stories involving cannabis stocks, genomic sequencing, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, cryptocurrencies, digital finance, blockchain platforms, stablecoins and non-fungible tokens, and other constructs, and three, massive stock price reactions to positive or negative corporate commentary and earnings results. A prime example occurred on Thursday, February 3rd, following a weak profit report and poor forward earnings guidance from meta platforms, Facebook, whose stock declined negative 26.4%, resulting in the largest single-day decline negative $252 billion in a company's market value in U.S. corporate history. And astoundingly, the very next day, on Friday, February 4th, following its report of stronger results than analysts were expecting for its latest financial quarter, Amazon shares rose positive 13.5%, setting a record for the largest ever one-day gain in market value by U.S. company, adding positive $191 billion to its market value. Paraphrasing the oft-expressed words of the legendary investment strategist Barton Michael Biggs, 1932-2012 mentor, colleague, friend, and sinusure, somehow the frequency and intensity of this current financial market disorder and all these bewildering price swings do not seem like hallmarks of a healthy financial environment. In our opinion, selective exposure to U.S. equities is warranted owing to the U.S. economy's reasonably sound current conditions and outlook. Interest rates at historically low levels, even after five or more policy rate increases should they take place, and reasonably healthy household balance sheets. At the same time, cyclically adjusted price earnings, CAPE valuations remain at the second highest level in more than 140 years, and a number of speculative excesses are still present. While it is difficult to gauge the most favorable entry points for equities, on a short-term basis to establish a solid price base, financial markets need to see 1. Inflation data beginning to top out and meaningfully decline, 2. The Federal Reserve moderating its surprise-laden, hawkish language, and 3. Economic conditions exhibiting a sufficiently robust rate of growth that can withstand a measured pace of Federal Reserve-induced monetary policy rate increases. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning. Portfolio positioning strategies. Following the S&P 500's well above average total return performance of positive 31.5% in 2019, positive 18.4% in 2020, and positive 28.7% in 2021, and in the monetary policy transitioning, slowing yet still above average economic expansion and upwardly trending inflation environment, we believe that careful thought, Planning and attention needs to be devoted to the investor's most appropriate forms and vehicles for implementing the fundamental elements of asset allocation and investment strategy, which include 1. Diversification. While it does not, by any means, guarantee a profit or insure against a loss, 
diversification means having low and negatively correlated investment exposures that truly counterbalance price movements in other assets, particularly during times of great financial stress and or rising financial asset volatility. Two, rebalancing, which encompasses judiciously using concepts of reversion to the mean to trim exposures to assets that have grown to represent too large a portion of the overall portfolio, while at the same time adding exposure to high-quality assets that have fallen out of investor favor and suffered significant, though deemed not permanent, price declines versus intrinsic value. Three, risk management, which involves recognizing when markets have become consumed by unrealistic expectations, meme securities, Excessive speculation, momentum plays, story stocks, and information overload, a situation that has pertained in recent experience to a number of companies in various parts of the cryptocurrency realm and the technology spectrum, and understanding the degree of liquidity, the true pricing realism, and the appropriate roles of short-term liquid securities, real assets, financial assets, and alternative assets in decades-long or longer regimes of inflation, stagflation, deflation, monetary disruptions, and currency resets. 4. Reinvestment, which encompasses knowing when to emphasize and trade off income versus capital growth, all the while keeping in mind the critical importance of discipline, equanimity, patience, cost consciousness, tax awareness, and longevity in capturing and compounding dividend, coupon, rental, maturing securities, and other incoming capital flows. And 5. Asset protection and husbandry, which encompasses considerations of current and likely future income, wealth, and capital gains taxation at the state, local, federal, and possibly international level, estate planning, relevant insurance design and structuring, cybersecurity shielding, portfolio monitoring and reporting, administrative expenses, forms, frequency, and means of asset access and asset custody, portfolio positioning principles, with roughly equal weightings to growth, to value, and to defensive style rubrics, we continue to allocate a material exposure to equities with prudent shifts between style sectors, geographies, and where appropriate from a cost, timing, tax liquidity, and size standpoint, public versus private markets. Expressed below are a number of themes that we believe should be taken into consideration over the next few years in selecting asset categories, asset classes, asset managers, sectors, companies, and security types. 1. Paying attention to the value of money. Taking advantage of, rather than being taken advantage by, the consequences of money printing, internal and external currency debasement, government debt monetization, and the modern monetary theory approach that to some degree in the pandemic response era has been pursued by the authorities, within shifting money and credit cycles to service America's massive explicit government and corporate indebtedness and the enormous implicit obligations of pension and healthcare promises, too, concentrating on all weather, sectors, and companies, seeking investments with balance and flexibility that are able to thrive regardless of which political persuasion informs the thinking and policies of the White House, Congress, the judiciary, the state legislatures, and relevant domestic and international regulatory authorities evolving environmental, social, and governance priorities and values, wealth distribution initiatives, and public health conditions, episodes of geopolitical tension, entente and detente, and wider socioeconomic trends. Three, distinguishing between temporary and permanent change focusing on the commercial and financial implications of new social and political power structures, alliances, and global associations, new energy sources and resources, new trade patterns, new on- and offshoring channels, new cost, logistical, supply chain, and transportation modalities, new work-from-home and work-from-anywhere employment methods, and new business models, pathways, digitalizations, 
and forms of person-to-person and business-to-business work, leisure, learning, and wellness activity. Four, taking advantage of demographic tailwinds through U.S. and select non-U.S. companies gaining exposure to and meeting the rising needs, aspirations, and appropriate spending power of the rapidly expanding global middle class, especially in Asia. Five, comprehending and verifying past success. Emphasizing companies and sectors that have demonstrated successful track records and past experience in competitive preeminence, abundant free cash flow generation, capital allocation skill, balance sheet strength, risk management, sustainably defendable business models, and the ability to sustain high multi-year returns on equity derived from revenue growth and favorable margin preservation rather than through disproportionately high levels of leverage meaningfully above the companies and sectors weighted average cost of capital and six, identifying innovative and disruptive technology hegemons, focusing on technology enablers, disruptors, and dominators in diagnostics, biotechnology, and therapeutics based on CRISPR, weight management, and well-being, public health, medical nutrition, regenerative medicine, artificial intelligence, data analytics, machine learning, 5G cellular network technology, the internet of things, infrastructure, robotics, retraining, quantum computing, battery inventions, alternative energy, virtual reality and augmented reality devices, hypersonic aviation, electric vehicles, and cybersecurity, while not least also taking account of the environmental, social, and governance risks, aspirations, and initiatives of companies in these and other fields. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning tactics. One, keeping things in perspective. Many of the overarching themes and conditions that influence our intermediate and long-term asset allocation and investment strategy emphasize the need to recognize that the concepts and implementation methods intended to achieve safety, balance, purchasing power protection, diversification, and liquidity are likely to face evolving and sometimes rapidly shifting taxation regimes, regulatory architectures, social priorities, geopolitical power dynamics, price level changes, demographic trends, indebtedness levels, technological penetration and usages, financial structures, currency systems, and importantly, perceptions of the definition, role, degree of physicality, embodiment, and value of money itself. Two, flexibility versus conviction in formulating investment thinking. In seeking to determine when to adhere to and when to lean against prevailing consensus views, such views may sometimes be pejoratively referred to as groupthink, It is important to critically question the soundness and durability of the reasoning and assumptions underlying a given investment framework and positioning at any point in time. While it, at times, may not make sense to hold out of consensus views, often expressed as fighting the tape, at other times, especially at major cyclical or secular turning points, at a significant asset top, when reality is finally found to fall short of prevailing overly optimistic expectations or a major asset bottom, when reality is shown to be worth considerably more than prevailingly overly pessimistic expectations, the rewards of implementing a contrarian stance can be quite meaningful. Three, enhancing and preserving. Even with some of the speculative fervor having diminished in certain areas of the financial realm, we still confess a degree of unease over the lingering manifestations of investor exuberance and the popularity of certain stocks and sectors considered to be forever holdings. Our short-term inclination at this juncture is to take note of the Federal Reserve's explicitly lessening support of financial asset prices while taking advantage of episodes of asset price strength to continue the course of upgrading positions, offloading lower-quality, higher-risk assets with timing and price discipline 
adding to attractively priced higher quality assets on equity market pullbacks, it is worth keeping in mind that the average year includes three separate negative 5% or more pullbacks for the S&P 500, with only one taking place in 2021. One negative 10% or more correction has taken place intraday thus far in 2022. With Federal Reserve asset purchase tapering well underway, slowing growth in China, and in view of our expectation of increased asset price volatility in the months ahead, Prudence counsels being vigilantly aware of the narrow market breadth, along with the meaningful price erosion beneath the surface of the Russell 2000, NASDAQ Composite, and even the S&P 500 indices. While seeking to take advantage of such retrenchments as a key element of making significant new capital commitments. Four, equity emphases and de-emphases. In the current conditions of generally rising U.S. Treasury interest rates, particularly at the short end of the maturity spectrum, and given the likely focus areas of government spending initiatives, to us it appears likely that cash-generating financially stable companies with robust growth prospects, which are able to operate and thrive in the digital sphere as they continue to enhance their business models, deserve to retain some degree of valuation premium. Within equities, one, we recommend continuing to gradually shift emphasis from growth sectors, companies, and managers towards the inclusion of select value and defensive sectors, companies, and managers with a focus on financials, energy, industrials, materials, COVID recovery, reopening, and consumer staple sectors, and a concomitant de-emphasis on companies and sectors dependent on access to low-cost energy. Two, we continue to counsel very selectively, adding small and mid-cap companies or investment managers specializing in and with good track records in this space to our primary yet gradually moderating emphasis on large capitalization enterprises and three, for the time being, while we continue to prefer a tactical overweighting to U.S. domestic equities with any pullbacks currently viewed as an opportunity to sensibly add equities, particularly those sectors and companies likely to thrive in a less predictable economic environment, we also espouse holding or gradually building relatively modest allocations to global leaders listed in emerging and developed international markets. Five, focusing on strength and quality. Our long-term equity portfolio weightings continue to emphasize asset manager sectors and specific companies that can benefit from the major sustained trends of the 2020-2030 decade, including one, incremental growth in a wide range of economic circumstances. Two, focus on economic repair, digitalization, e-commerce, personal wellness, safety, domesticity, home improvement, infrastructure spending, and sustainable consumer demand, and three, advantageous capture of benefits from onshoring, supply chain redesign, and deglobalization as important drivers of capital spending and disruptive innovation. At the company level in equities, we emphasize identifying and building long-term exposure to firms possessing fortress-like cash-rich balance sheets, prudence in balance sheet utilization, limited debt, consistency and durability of positive free cash flow generation, dividend strength, and competitive business models with abiding competitive advantages, high barriers to entry, low threat of substitute products, and viable pricing power vis-a-vis suppliers and or customers that over a long time frame can generate high returns on equity through revenue growth and sustainable profit margins rather than through unhealthily high levels of leverage. At the current time, we recommend that consideration be given to top quality companies in the healthcare consumer staples and financial sectors. Six, balancing growth and value sectors. At its closing level of 2,810.06 on Monday, January 31st, the price return of the Russell 1000 growth index, including companies in sectors such as technology, healthcare, and communication services, 
was, according to the Wall Street Journal, down negative 8.6% from its December 31st, 2021 closing level of 3,074.99, while the price return of the Russell 1000 value index, including companies in sectors such as financial, real estate, energy, utility, and industrial businesses, was at its closing level of 1,627.19 on Monday, January 31st, according to the Wall Street Journal, down negative 1.7% from its December 31st, 2021 closing level of 1,655.73. This 6.9 percentage point value minus growth returns differential appears to argue for some degree of balanced exposure in selected value sectors companies and managers, as well as in selected growth sectors companies and managers. As this process continues, it is worth keeping in mind that true value investing represents identifying assets that are trading for less than they are actually worth, not assets that are merely inexpensive. Many superficially inexpensive assets may very well be inexpensive for a reason and can very well remain so or deteriorate further. 7. Fixed Income Securities U.S. Treasury bond prices through February 1st have declined negative 0.7%, in the 1 to 3 year maturity range, negative 2.3% in the 7 to 10 year maturity range, and negative 4.4% in the above 20 year maturity range. Historically low yields persist across the maturity spectrum, even though yield movements have risen in the past month. They are likely to exhibit further increases over the course of the coming months. And outside the United States, according to Bloomberg in mid January, a dramatically lower total of nearly $5 trillion, down from $18 trillion in early 2021, was outstanding in global negative yielding sovereign and some corporate debt outstanding. We continue a preference for issuers at the high-quality end of the rating spectrum in both taxable investment-grade and high-yield bonds and in tax-exempt bonds, where we see some pockets of value on a taxable equivalent basis. We see fixed income securities as continuing to be subject to price risk due to our expectation of higher yields as 2022 progresses, and thus we prefer maturities and durations along the short to intermediate portion of the yield curve spectrum. 8. U.S. Dollar Outlook After declining negative 9.9% in 2017, appreciating positive 4.4% in 2018, marginally gaining positive 0.4% in 2019, and declining negative 3.4% in 2020, the DXY U.S. Dollar Index measured versus a basket of six major currencies the euro, Japanese yen, Swedish krona, British pound, Canadian dollar, and Swiss franc had, as of its close of 95.97 on December 31st, appreciated positive 6.7% in 2021. On Monday, January 31st, the DXY US dollar index had appreciated positive 0.6% year-to-date, closing at 965 Over the next few quarters, given our expectations of the Federal Reserve stepping up the pace of its projected policy interest rate increases, we believe the U.S. dollar may rise relative to major currencies including the euro and Japanese yen. 9. Alternative Investments and Real Assets In alternative investments, we continue our multi-quarter focus that has for some time emphasized exposure to 1. Commodities and real asset sectors of the economy including industrial metals, agriculture, and materials. 2. Gold and or gold mining ETFs shares, particularly those miners with reserves in stable geographic locations, capital discipline, and cash flow growth. 3. High-quality master limited partnerships with strong business models and sustainable dividend-paying capacity. 4. Select investments in private credit and private real estate, 
Five, and opportunistic strategies that are positioned to selectively derive meaningful value from the dislocations created by the various mutations of the coronavirus and the subsequent economic and profits recovery. This concludes our February market commentary by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners Chief Investment Officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Stay invested.